I'm Danny, that witch next door. And you're listening to That Witch Podcast. I'm That Witch Next Door. Welcome, welcome to another exciting episode here at That Witch Podcast. If this is your first time here, hello. I'm so glad to have you here in my witchy neighborhood. And if this is not your first time here and you've been here before, hi, thank you so much again for coming back to my show. Today, as always, is something that I'm very excited about because I love talking about everything to do with magic witchcraft, astrology, and witchy business. And today we are compiling a lot of these things together. And we are talking about a subject that is very, very, very important that has been kind of lost and that I think we are in fact finding our way back to. So today is part one of two And I am talking all about the divine energy exchange. And I want this first episode, this first part to be really about what the divine energy exchange is uh, and kind of how that will kind of start to get into how that's been kind of watered down and honestly very, very tainted and, and basically almost destroyed. And I want part two to really be about moving forward. I think that we are at such a critically significant time in our history. If you volunteer to be born in this life and you are choosing a path of mindfulness and intention, I think that you are very much going to be part of the collective catalyst in in transforming the way we spend and acquire money, business transactions, professionalism, the ethics in all of this, the philosophies and ideologies in all of this. I think that we are very much a part of the breaking down of the old and what's not working and no longer serving and all out toxic and damaging. And now taking what we have learned and moving forward and innovating and progressing and really expanding our awareness and perception of the divine energy exchange itself so that in these coming years, decades, and centuries, that that the overall business world and and this exchange for goods and services between people really transforms into this greater good bigger picture where where the divine energy exchange itself is is sacred and every person who participates in it protects that sacredness and, and, and gets to participate in it. And uh, I'm just, I really, I really do believe so firmly in this. And the more and more I've been doing kind of not only year ahead readings for 2022, 
But I've been also, if you've been one of the amazing people that I've met with in the last couple of weeks, um, and we've talked a lot about the, the themes of this coming year, you know that I really did also extend that into, you know, looking ahead at this entire decade, because I think that this decade, again, is is already and going to be very, very historically significant. And, and I think that it's really important that we take that shit seriously and we do something with it and we use this shit to our potential. So before we dive into everything, happy Mercury retrograde. (laughs) How are y'all feeling? I'm calling it the first retrograde of the year um, only because it's the first retrograde that began, that started. It's the first planet. Mercury is the first planet to station retrograde in in 2022. There are other planets and uh, luminaries that are already retrograde, but we entered into the year um, with them already in their retrograde cycle. So for example, Venus already has been retrograde. Now, I will say, however, that both, Uranus and Venus are stationing retrograde. Sorry, (laughs) they're already retrograde. I am happy to announce, I mean, I'm happy no matter what. I'm happy even during a retrograde, but I can let you know that Uranus and Venus are stationing direct this month. Um, uh, The day you are listening to this on Tuesday, January 18th, officially, Uranus in Taurus has stationed direct. However, let me just pull up my handy dandy uh, planetary stations here for everybody. Um, However, uh, Uranus will station retrograde again later this year in August, August uh, 24th to be exact. So um, we do get some forward motion there and then we will be going back into a reflective cycle. Uh, But both Uranus and Venus both are going to station direct this month. Uh, Venus, that will be taking place on January 29th. So in a couple of weeks from now. And well, give or take. And... So again, starting to feel a little bit more forward motion, moving ahead from any of those themes and lessons that you've been uh, needing to reflect and review on during these retrograde cycles for both of these planets. Um, So I will say, you know, I mentioned this a little bit in the first episode of this year, uh, but please do remind yourself frequently in in a gentle way, but remind yourself frequently that this is a heavy retrograde year. And so really, if you ever at any point feel yourself forcing any kind of pace or speed or decision, anything that feels forced, you know, it's probably out of alignment. We shouldn't ever have to force something, right? It's different to press on and press forward through challenge and hardship and difficult times. Um, but I, I would say that that's pretty different than forcing something. So if at any point throughout this year, you really feel yourself uh, leaning into that kind of energy, 
please feel free, you know, to remind yourself that, hey, this is a heavy retrograde year. I am very much meant to be moving at a slower speed than I'm used to or than I expect. And there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't define, you know, or make or break my character as a person. This is a part of the journey and a part of the path right now. Okay. Um, very, very helpful reminder. I just wanted to say, hi, happy first retrograde of the season. Again, first planet to station, station retrograde this year. We've already, already been in a couple of retrogrades. So Mercury will be retrograde from Aquarius dipping back into Capricorn during this retrograde cycle. Uh, and then stationing direct on February 3rd. So over these next couple of weeks, especially since this is happening in the signs of Aquarius and Capricorn, I'm going to go ahead and remind you that you can't control everything. Sometimes you have to let go and surrender a little bit to things that are outside of your control, things that are from an external force. And, and take your time making decisions. And that goes for having patience for other people that are supposed to be getting a decision to you. I don't, you know, I don't mean like let anybody jerk you around and waste your time. But at the same time, if we're going to be being really gentle and patient with ourselves, let's go ahead and do the Aquarian humanitarian thing and turn that back on to our neighbor and also have that patience and graciousness with them as well. Okay. Now, on to a little bit more about this divine energy exchange. So first and foremost, raise your hand, class, if you've ever heard of the divine energy exchange before. And if you have not, let me go ahead and give you my spiel on that or my my understanding and my relationship with the divine energy exchange. So this really truly is a very, very sacred process that has actually been in existence for millennia. Got that? Millennia, literally thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Unfortunately, the divine energy exchange has been very dismally watered down to what is now referred to so endearingly as a business transaction. And the term business transaction, I mean, if I'm giving you my personal connotation of the term, it's very cold, right? It's unemotional. It feels like this very like practical exchange where, you know, there's absolutely no feeling and almost, almost no humanity involved, quite honestly. Uh, this, this business transaction could be taking place between humans, I guess, or even machines. Um, and, and really, truly each business transaction. And by the way, if it is, you know, a business transaction taking place via electronic device, for example, that doesn't make it any less sacred. That's not, that's not what takes the magic or sacredness out of the divine energy exchange. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what does really damage that sacredness. But 
the the purpose of and the ultimate potential of the divine energy exchange is for overall person to person collaboration for the growth and betterment and even pleasure of both parties as well as the greater good and collective. So every business transaction not only is sacred between the two or however many, you know, consenting individuals there are in this transaction, but because it is part of the greater whole that is the divine energy exchange, uh, every single transaction is equally important. Every single exchange that takes place contributes to the overall greater divine energy exchange, which includes unethical and slimy business practices and transactions. So if we know that, then that means for millennia, there's been a lot of really incredible and amazing transactions that have happened. And there has been a lot, a lot of very, very toxic, negative, and again, unethical business transactions and practices that have taken place for millennia that have contributed and and done a lot of damage to the divine energy exchange to the point where now in modern society, how many of you feel like when we hear the words, you know, anything associated with business, business and ROI and fiscal year and, and marketing tactics and right. Like all of these and client psychology, like when we start hearing all of these terms, because, because so many of those terms, so many of those practices, so many of those philosophies have been used to take advantage of people to, to use and abuse individuals. Um, therefore collectively, a lot of terms and anything associated with business in general leaves a bad, bitter taste in most people's mouths. We grow up as really, really young children seeing the divine energy exchange through our eyes in its purest form, ideally, where you had these ambitions, right? These really pure essence of you, ambitions and passions and dreams of what you wanted to be able to do, not only for yourself, but to contribute in society when you got older. And then we start hitting more of like adolescence, like we hit teenage years, we hit super young adulthood, and, and then finally entering the professional and business world, whether that takes place for you, uh, you know, if that took place during teenage years, some even childhood years. Again, I, I have an episode from a while ago. I talked about my professional career. I very first started getting paid for services when I was 12. I, I was a very regular neighborhood 
babysitter. I worked for money. It wasn't just, you know what I mean? Like I didn't just go do it for fun or whatever. I mean, I had business cards actually. And, um, and so, and that's very, very common. A lot of people, especially if your your parents were like small business owners, a lot of people grow up in the restaurant industry and that's their first exposure and they start working very, very young. But my point is, is at some point, in adolescence, you enter in for the first time into the professional world, into business exchange, into business transaction. And I mean, let's be honest. Let's just be honest. It sucks. Almost for almost everybody, for everybody almost immediately, it sucks. Work, right? The word work. Work pretty much instantly for most people becomes, ugh, this fucking thing I have to do, right? And like, if we can admit that, right, altogether, if we could be honest and admit that that's true, then I challenge you to think, okay, well, how long has that been going on? It's a long time. It's been going on a long time. People, right? It's called the rat race, the grind, like it's the hustle, like it, these terminologies and words that we have for work insinuate and imply like having to do something that you really don't enjoy doing, but you got to do it anyways. And, and that's great. And in a lot of ways, you know, that's true. And, and, and those are themes that are going to exist forever. There are always going to be responsibilities and tasks that we, that we have to do and may not want to do. But work, like our lifelong career, it's, it's gotten poisoned in, in modern society. We are taught at this young age, you can do, at least in our elite, and I'm speaking very mainly to the millennial generation and to Gen X and to, and actually one below millennial to Gen Z as well. Um, I don't think that the boomer generation and prior were nearly given that kind of encouragement from their parents, mo- at least most of them, from a young age of this, like, you can do whatever you want to do. You could be whatever you want to be as long as you put your mind to it, right? I think that the boomers actually were some of the first parents to start doing that for their kid um, and start doing that for their children. And most of boomers' children, depending on when they were born, either are late Gen Xers or millennials. And we're seeing now, you know, as we are in our adult and mid-adulthood, we're starting to see these generations in different areas of like leadership and, and different uh, areas of, you know, the business world, right? And we're seeing now the effects, the long-term effects of what happens when you raise a child from a young age and you say, you could do anything you want to do. You just got to work hard. You could be anything you want to be. And then not very long after that time and those years of their life, starting in what, mid-elementary school? I mean, it's pretty young that this starts happening. And here come the dream squashers. Well, I mean, you can't do that. You can't do that. That's ridiculous. 
What a per- I mean, maybe if you lived in a perfect world, you could do that and make money and, and live this great life and not have to work all these hours. Yeah, nice, nice long shot dream. That would be great one day. No, you're still going to have to work. You're going to have to get up every day and you're going to have to take your kid to the school that they hate to, right? There was, I mean, raise your hand if this was you. If you remember being raised this way, that at this really young, young, young age being told like, you could be whatever you want to be. You could do whatever you want to do. And then when, you know, we started growing up and and maybe entering the quote unquote real world. I hate that we say children don't live in the real world. We're we're all here. And that's why I wish we would listen to children more because they just have such a more pure experience of reality. Ugh, anyways, I'll digress on that. So let's not go down that rabbit hole. Um, how many of you did this happen where you were raised from this young, young age? Like you can do anything. And then pretty still young started getting, well, I mean, you can't do that. You won't be able to do that. No, no, no. And you started getting no's everywhere you turned. There were dreams and ambitions that you had and people that I'll be honest and both can be true at the same time, because even though this behavior is damaging, I do think in a lot of places it was coming from love, but these actions were very ineffective or not efficient. But I think that a lot of your authority figures in your life and your community, whether it's your parents or teachers or caregivers or whatever, a combination of all these things that did start squashing your dreams. I do think that a lot of them did that because they were trying to protect you and protect us, right, from failure or or people not liking us or you know, there's a huge list of things, right, that I think that we were trying to be protected from. And those people also, you know, teaching us this didn't realize they were also the ones building us up and giving us all this confidence and saying we could do anything and and that, you know, we could go after anything as long as we worked hard for it. So we were raised with this weird dualistic understanding of career and our dreams and what we wanted to do long-term. And now that we're a lot older and now that we like are working and stuff, I mean, I think we are very much, I think we're very, very much seeing some huge, huge, very permanent shifts in how we conduct business, how we view and value professionalism, all of these kinds of things for years, decades, and centuries to come. I think that this United States Pluto return in Capricorn taking place in February, to me, I see this so, so much as a chord being struck that over particularly this decade, I think we'll see a lot. But I think that we'll see effects from the United States Pluto return for multi-decades, like I said, if not much, much longer than that. We have to remember how profound and long-lasting Pluto's effects are. It is not immediate. I repeat, it is not immediate. We will start to see some things from this aspect, but overall, this is going to be long and drawn out. This is going to be long and drawn out. But I do think, I really do think, especially because this is in Capricorn and we have had 
leading up to this Pluto return in Capricorn, we have had a lot of very, very significant aspects that have been made to Pluto. Um, also in the sign of, you know, Capricorn, like Venus retrograde conjunction in Capricorn. Um, in 2020, when uh, Jupiter and Aquarius met up with, with Pluto and Capricorn, I really do think that we are going to be specifically addressing and seeing and an unearthing really nasty, nasty, ugly truths about all, and I mean all professional industries. No industry will go untouched. I promise you that. If there is shit under the rug, it is getting fucking flipped and shown out in the spotlight. Like I, that, that really is what I see to the point where you won't be, the rug's going to be gone. So you won't be able to sweep this, these kinds of truths back under the rug. The rug's going to be gone. And, and these systems are going to permanently come to an end. And this is, this is the beauty and necessity of the inevitability of death, which is what Pluto teaches us in general. And so a big reason why I wanted to start talking now about the divine energy exchange is because I think that now, as we start to see these different systems and structures, I'm hoping it's a lot of really big time, big name people that have been getting away with a far too much for far too long and profiting far, far too much on that. Um, I think that we're going to start seeing a lot of these big guys come down over the next uh, several years, <clears throat> maybe next couple of decades. And, and now is a great time for us to start really, really opening our minds and really redefining what is business? What is the exchange of goods and services? How do we want this to look going forward? Because guess what, y'all? We have been fucking doing shit the same way for like an insanely long time. And it is blatantly not working. It is blatantly not working. There are so many different practices in business Again, from the biggest, most biggest global and corporate scale, all the way down to the tiny, tiny little guys, those little shitty fucking people on Instagram that are going and stealing the identities of unverified but still big accounts and and soliciting people for money and stealing from them, <clears throat> which we're going to put a quick pin in the Divine Energy Exchange on purpose because I very specifically wanted to take a quick moment and segment today to talk about that. Uh, this show, which is something I'm just so grateful for, reaches hundreds and hundreds of people every single week. And so I feel like this is a wonderful place for me to bring this up and spread the word. And I actually ask all of you, my amazing witchy neighbors, to also start spreading the word and really please help me and insist me in getting this word out so we can start getting people protected and start protecting the sacred divine energy exchange. Um, in the spiritual community in particular, there is a freaking epidemic of a problem going on 
particularly on Instagram. Instagram, hi, Zuck, not doing a fucking thing about this, by the way. I can't even, I have done so much research on this and so, so many small business owners in the spiritual industry are also doing amazing research on this and really putting out the call. I want to specifically shout out Shop the Eighth House right now. They are on Instagram right now. They used to have a brick and mortar store, but right now they made a transition. And for now, they're going to be an online only store. I absolutely love not only their shop and their business, but I really, really love what they and their owners stand for. And she puts out absolutely amazing and valuable content and education and information on all of this. She's seriously so, so knowledgeable. So please go over on Instagram right now to shop the eighth house. I'll link them in the description. And, and make sure you check out alternative platforms uh, that you can also connect with, with businesses like Shop the Eighth House on outside of Instagram, because spoiler alert, I really think Instagram, I think the way we use social media and the construct of it, I think that Zuck type and Zuck owned which I mean Zuckerberg, if you don't know, um, apps and platforms. I don't know. That sure seems like there might be some stuff to dig up there and that might be something that changes or goes away. So I really encourage you. You might have already noticed there's a huge trend in people moving off of mainstream social media and going to much more intention based platforms um, with a lot smaller but close and like-minded communities on Patreon, different monthly memberships, Mighty Networks, Discord, they're on Slack. Like there's all these different new platforms, um, different podcasts, email newsletters that people are doing to start getting away from those places. So don't forget whenever you go and and want to support and connect with a small business and you do that, you know, we're so used to doing that on Instagram. Don't forget to uh, to check out the alternative platforms they're on as well, just in case you heard it here first. Um, okay, so for my PSA here, there is an absolutely disgusting problem going around on Instagram where, and again, particularly in the spiritual community, accounts that are not verified, so they don't have that little blue check mark, um, they are not even remotely on Instagram's radar. Instagram does not give a shit about protecting them. They don't care about the people that are getting their money literally taken away. Um, and no, I promise you that they're not doing their best. I can, I can assure you that that this really comes down to Instagram protecting users that pay for, especially like advertising on their, on their platforms. And they really, really do not care about protecting the integrity of anybody that is not a little blue check mark, or again, someone that does not give any or very much money to their platform. And so, um, I do want to let you know that there is a huge problem right now of accounts stealing the identity of other, they'll, they'll be big accounts. Like they'll have usually, uh, around like almost 10 K more than 10 K followers or, or, you know, many, many more, obviously, 
And these people will steal, they'll, they'll copy and screenshot and paste, and they'll steal that person's content, make it look like their uh, backup account. And they'll, they'll, they'll use the same handle, but they'll change something really, really small. Like they'll add an extra letter or they'll take a letter away or they'll add an extra underscore or little tiny things like that. But it will look, if you're not paying attention, it'll look like the same name as the legit business or the legit page. And that person will reach out to you. And they'll usually say something like, hello, love. I was so called to you by the ancestors to give you a reading today. Hello, love. Your guides came to me begging me to give you this message today. They'll say things like that. They'll tell you, quick, quick, I need $20 for this reading. You can cash out me. It's almost always something like cash up where there is essentially no way to recover the funds. Then the person will pay them thinking again that it really is some kind of backup account to this legitimate business owner. And this mostly is happening uh, to people that are very new in the spiritual realm where or in the spiritual industry where maybe you've never gotten a reading before. And so you don't know that that is not standard business practice. So this is my big, big, big PSA. Number one, a spiritual service provider of any kind, a legitimate and ethical spiritual service provider, whether, well, whether it's services or products, whatever, will never, ever, ever reach out to you and solicit you for a reading or for money like that ever, ever. It is not standard. It quite frankly is a direct action against the divine energy exchange, which we all ethical spiritual providers absolutely abide by and respect and protect. We will never, ever, ever reach out and do that. So if somebody does that, you need to immediately check on the integrity of the account. I guarantee you, 100% guarantee you that it's going to be a fake hacker scam account. And you need to, ready? This is exactly what you need to do. First, you need to report the account. You go to the page. You go to the little menu. I don't know what it looks like on Apple, but everybody, whether you have an Apple or Android phone, you go to their page. You go to the little menu icon and you click report. What you're reporting is somebody impersonating somebody else. And then it'll pop up a little option and it'll say, who is this account impersonating? And it'll ask you, is it impersonating a professional or a business? And this is why I hate Instagram so much. You can't select that option unless the account that they're impersonating has that stupid little blue verified check mark. Unless the account has that blue verified check mark, Instagram essentially won't do anything about anything. Um, so how you have to report is you click report. It's impersonating somebody else or it's pretending to be somebody else. It'll say, who is this person pretending to be? And the option you select is someone I know. Then Instagram will come back and say, thanks for letting us know your report's been submitted in an under review or something like that. And then it'll give you some more options and it'll say, what do you want to do now? And you want to hit block that account and any accounts they may create. They'll give you the option for that and then hit block. Got it? You want to report it. 
and you want to block them in any accounts that they may create. If you skip the reporting process, the whole idea, and I don't even know if this works, but hopefully it does. The whole idea behind reporting is if enough people report, the Instagram robots, not a real person, unfortunately, should get this, this flag, basically, that enough people have flagged this account and it should automatically take down the page and delete it. That's why you have to report first. And my last tip of advice, and this is this is simply a tip. It's just a little a little tidbit, okay? Um, there is no need to message the business owner and let them know that they were being impersonated. The reason is it just takes a lot of time out of their day about something that they can't do anything about. I have read situation after situation after story after story of so many small business owners that essentially all they did was People flooded their DMs. And if you have 10K plus followers, that can be an insane amount of DMs. It can take people literally hours to get through that. Um, And so you don't need to text them or message them or anything like that because there's nothing they can do about it anyways. Just do your part. Those kind of accounts follow me or comment on my posts or whatever or, or try to DM me little fake readings like that literally every single day. That's how often this is happening. And that's why I wanted to bring it up and really like kind of put this call out there because I, I am just so heartbroken to see so many people getting money literally stolen from them that they can never recover. And these small businesses having their identities and potentially their reputations tarnished. So, um, share this episode, share this information with all of your witchy, spiritual, astro friends, anybody that follows accounts like this. Again, this is primarily where this problem is taking place right now. So I would really, really appreciate that. Now, back to finishing up and wrapping up the rest of part one of the divine energy exchange here. So really what I want to leave you with before we get to to part two is I want you to think about your experience in business, in earning income, in spending your money, in and what what thoughts, what memories, what situations does this bring up for you? When you think about business practices, do you automatically also get that like icky taste in your mouth? It doesn't feel spiritual. It doesn't feel intuitive. It doesn't feel aligned. Ask yourself why. Can you start exploring that? Were there situations that traumatized or triggered you and and got you to feel this way? Was there anything that you got sucked into? Was there a a business or a company you found yourself working for that ended up being totally and completely disgustingly unethical. And that left you with a lot, a lot of feelings to process through. So I really want you to explore what is your relationship with business? Okay. Um, and, and what do you want it to look like? Look at where your career is at right now. Do you own your own business? Do you work for somebody? How do you feel about your job? How do you feel about what you do? How do you feel about 
the example you're setting for whether that's your kids or just your community around you and your loved ones around you, you know, everybody looks to everyone in their circle for inspiration. So all of us are automatically walking around setting some kind of an example every single day. So ask yourself, what kind of example are you setting? How do you feel about your job? Is it something that brings you a lot of joy and a lot of fulfillment? Um, is it very like meh and very neutral? Is it something you absolutely to die for love? And what do you want this to look like on a long-term basis? Do you want to be here forever? Do you not? Are there big dreams and ambitions and, and like maybe even bucket list items that you want to, you want to accomplish and experience in this life? How does your career affect those dreams and aspirations? Are they, are your dreams and aspirations career-based or does your career keep you from seeing the reality and tangibleness of your dreams and your aspirations? I want you to start thinking about this because I want next episode to really be about how we can start to reshape this business world, how we can start to repair some things that are broken. How can we start to heal some old wounds? And in these coming years, as we see a lot of these old ways die, what would we like to see birthed in their place? I want you to let yourself start getting really creative and open-minded. And what I'm going to leave you with as a little bit of inspiration is this. In the, at least in Western society, uh, but in, in relatively in general in modern society, the universally accepted work week is considered 40 hours a week. So that's five days a week, eight hours a day. Um, and we have been fed this and we've just accepted this for a very long time. Oh, and on top of that, you have to work every week. Um, some places, right, we have some vacation days, some PTOs, some sick days, and some holidays. Some places have only, only the national, like, required holidays that you have to get off and things like that. Um, this has been what we are familiar with. This is what we've been conditioned with. And I just learned the other day, I think it was Monday, um, that the leader... In Finland, I believe it was, she's a 34-year-old woman, and she just implemented a four-day work week and capped it at six hours a day. And it might sound like a small change, but that's a big change. That's big. This is a big step in a really new and what I think is pretty cool direction. So I want that to give you some inspiration. Think beyond the traditional work week. Think beyond the traditional rat race. What do you want our world to start to look like? What world do you want to leave behind for the children and the children's children? No, but for real. In general, look at what you hate and use every, all of this like resentment that we have. And let's use that as information to start opening our minds and looking forward as we step and jump into this Aquarius season. But we're not going too fast and we're not forcing ourselves forward because we are in Mercury retrograde, which is, again, we've got lots and lots of retrograde time this year. So 
Don't force. Go at your own pace. The overall theme this year should definitely be slow and steady wins the race. Do not forget to tap into your patience, okay? Um, But I'm excited. I'm excited for part two. I'm excited to hear what all of you think. So please, as always, do not forget to reach out to me with any questions, anything that this brought up for you. Um, I would really, really, really love to hear. All right, everybody. So I hope that you are having a nice time regrounding after this big, beautiful cancer full moon that we had yesterday. I hope you're feeling ready and refreshed and really open-minded after this episode heading into Aquarius season tomorrow. I hope that you stay safe, you have fun, stay magical out there. I'll see you next time. so much for listening to today's episode, you magical human you. I am so appreciative of every single download and play of the show. If you like what you heard here today and you want to support the show, the best way to do that is to head over to iTunes or Spotify and leave a five-star rating as well as a nice review. If you do enjoy what we talk about here, I would be pretty willing to bet that you would also really, really like my pre-show tarot reading that I do exclusively on YouTube for pretty much every single episode, which is twice a week. So head over to YouTube and don't forget to subscribe to my channel, That Witch Next Door. If you're interested in working with me, I offer some really awesome one-on-one services. I do astrology for personal growth and soul development. I also offer one-on-one business mentoring sessions as well. You can find out more about booking, schedule, and the cost by going to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com services. If you're interested in a long-term growth and transformation program, really working with a mentor one-on-one to grow not only your life and your business, but your spirituality and your witchcraft, it sounds like my Think and Grow Witch Mentorship might just be for you. You can head over to my website, thatwitchnextdoor.com slash mentorship to apply for that now. I only work with a maximum of two, maybe three mentorship clients at one time to devote my full and complete energy to this incredible program. I also offer payment plans on all, yes, all of my one-on-one services, including one-off single sessions. So never hesitate to reach out to me with that. I am very, very happy to work with your budget. If you are interested in taking this podcast into your hands and really running with it to learn and grow more of your spirituality and your witchcraft, you will want to be on the wait list for that witch school. That witch school is going to be a monthly membership that has big quarterly lessons and courses, trainings, spell work, recipes, tarot spreads, journal prompts, homework, exercises. We're going to have live classes and events. We're going to have an online community for support and growth and accountability. You're also going to have access to site-wide discounts on my services, as well as my merch shop when we open later this year. And early access to episodes. Anyone in that witch school is going to get 24 hours early access to all podcast episodes. You don't want to miss this. It's all of this and so much more. I cannot wait to see you there. 
get to thatwitchnextdoor.com slash thatwitchschool and sign up for that wait list. We start spring 2022.